this Survivor? What? Bro, are you listening to Survivor? Guys, I think this is Survivor. Dude, you must really like Survivor. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Survivor Buffs, Blindsides, and Banter. I'm your host, Buckles, here, and this is the podcast made by superfans with superfans for superfans. Here with me, I've got Mac. Mac, what's been going on, man? Buckles, my man. Another week of Survivor in the books. I thought it was a uh, bit of a quieter week, not a whole lot going on, but I feel like this podcast won't be a quieter podcast, but we have a lot going on, and we have a... A guest here who I know is going to be uh, controversial. Is 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 that type of guy in the community? You either love him or hate him. Um, <laughs> we like him. Yes, and here we welcome in Eli. Eli, what's been going on, man? Hello, Mac and Buckles. I'm so glad that I've finally jumped on board. Looking forward to this. Uh, I think controversial is definitely the best way to describe me. So we'll see what what uh, this podcast brings, eh? Yeah, I'm I'm excited to argue with you, mate. Mate, you've been, you've just hosted Sydney Survivor, and that comes out on the 28th of May. Um, how'd that all go, man? Can you give us any feedback? Any spoilers? Uh, yeah, look, I can't give away too much um, because I'll get shot by the cast and crew of the season. But uh, look, it went really well, and I think it's honestly. I'm going to have a bold take and say it's the best casting of any LRG that is currently out there. It's a, a big claim. It's a big claim. Yeah. And I know a lot of people, I know a lot of people can uh, stab me in the back. Uh, I think maybe some of the things that need improving a production and um, I guess just the operational side of things and making it look cleaner and nicer and more props. But I guess that comes with a second season, which is on the horizon, which, uh, You'll find some news about when the first season drops. But, yeah, look, it wasn't too bad. Uh, every first season is sort of a, a learning curve, and I, I genuinely think it was the best casting possible. And I say that because the only little things I can say is there is a massive name in that season, a very big name. Um, and then you've also got players that have never seen Survivor before. All that sounds really good, but you know what's better than Sydney Survivor? Australian Survivor. And I'm going to tell you all about it with a quick recap with Mac. Merge Week started pretty quiet as we moved straight into the reward challenge where the villains win in a blowout. George tells Haley she was a target at the last Tribal Council. The villains head to the Sandwich Shack one at a time and we were expecting to see an idol find, but it wasn't to be. Will we see a flashback later in time? At the Immunity Challenge, the villains win sending heroes to Tribal. It will, be, it will be between Flick and Matt. George wants Flick, while Liz and Shawnee want Matt. At Tribal, Liz threatens to save Flick with her idol. George compromises, and they vote out Stevie. End of the episode. Episode 14, the Monday night episode. Merge time. George wants to recruit Simon and Haley to make a seven. Matt wins individual immunity. The heroes think they have seven and are splitting five on Shawnee and two on Liz. The villains are going for Sam. George tells Sean this, so the plan is changed to Dave. At Tribal, Liz plays her idol for Shawnee, and David is sent home in a 7-4-1 vote. Episode 15, the Tuesday night episode. Pretty quiet one. Uh, Liz wins immunity. The Vigilante 7 have the power. The heroes go idol hunting, and Flick is sent home in a 7-3-1 vote. And that is a quick recap with Mac. Oh, thanks, Mac. 
<laughs> Love it. It was a lot shorter than last time, mate. We're getting there. We're getting there. It was a, it was a quiet week. It wasn't a whole lot going on. Um, pretty, two, two definitely pretty straightforward votes. And then the merge vote, which, you know, it might seem like a complicated one, but to me it was, was fairly straightforward as well. So I guess we'll talk about it more going forward. Yeah. Um, yeah, if we, if we think about this, the first and third episodes of this week were pretty boring. Like, there was very basic strategy in these episodes. But I, I just got to say, I almost didn't feel it. The producers did a really great job this week of keeping us engaged throughout these very simple episodes. And having, like, that surprise Stevie vote out at Tribal Council definitely spiced things up. And with a big player like Flick being the target in both circumstances, it kept us very, very much engaged. Um, what's your feelings on this week, Eli? And how about the season overall? Uh, look, absolutely loving the season so far. I think it's been absolutely brilliant. Probably my second favourite so far. Um, my favourite season's got to be that uh, season two with, you know, your Luke, your Sarah Telecki, you know, that was uh, Jericho. Some really good characters in that season. Henry, Mark... So I don't know if it quite matches up to that yet, but we've got a long way to go. But um, loving the season so far. And I think uh, you've just brought up about the editing uh, this week. I was totally engaged, despite what you say. Yeah, it was probably a week a week, but I didn't feel that way. And I think what they've really nailed this season is the editing. And it's, it's just phenomenal. And they've actually evened out the confessionals a lot more, which a lot of people complain about. Yes, I know David only got what, one or two confessionals, but... To be fair, no one wants to, no one cares about these AFL players anyway. Uh, you mentioned in the previous podcast about Simon and Gavin. Do people care about those characters, guys? I, I, I don't think so. Um, Look, I just want, I want to say, David, I, it seems like he was a good character. He was just a horrible confessionalist. I think that's it. And I think they showed a lot of him in the conversations, but they just didn't show confessionals of him. And I think it was weird because we only really got, I think, that one confessional of him, but it actually didn't feel like that because they focused, they, they showed a lot of chats with him. While if you watch a lot of the previous seasons with these purple players, like last season, you didn't see Michelle and Mel. Like you didn't see conversations with them. Yeah, no, no, that's fair. And I, I just wanted to sort of chime in and just sort of go over the top of you and just say, like, so I just did the rewatch this afternoon of that first episode. And, like, the going to the edit, Stevie didn't have a single confessional in that episode, yet he was in it so much. And I think that might be as simple as the editing is, is they're still showing these characters in the gameplay and seeing the conversations that these guys are pushing, even if they're not getting confessionals to the camera. I, I actually noticed that too, so good pick-up. I think he made one quote that really stood out, and I was like, hmm, maybe Stevie's going. And I think he said, united we stand, united we fall, or something like that. And I was just kind of like, well, that was a very strange thing to show, but then you look back at it, and it's like, it makes logical sense, while also not giving away that Steve's the boot, so... Good stuff to the editors. I, I'm enjoying it. I think they've really listened to feedback, which is super important. Yeah, no, definitely. I um, I just want to sort of start getting into some of our chats. And, like, as I said, doing that rewatch, it was just bloody awesome having Sneaky Steve on my screen again. Like, even though it's only been, what, three days since he was on there. But it's not often that I get emotional at these at shows in general. 
because it's a TV product. I don't sympathize as much as I would if it was, say, in real life. But I absolutely loved seeing Stevie's final words brought in before they talk about next on Survivor. And I'd love if we could change things up today and we could actually eulogize Steve now. Like, and talk about his character, talk about him as the returnee that was so underrated. And so, just some of his quotes, maybe some memorable moments. What do you think, Mac? We're doing that now. We're doing Steve. I mean, I love Stevie. Who doesn't love Stevie? The man is a... He's just so likable. And despite what you think of him as a player, as a character, he's, he's fantastic. He's everything you want because he's got his own unique sort of look at the world and his whole, you know, the destiny thing and just his quotes. And even his quotes, they don't make that much sense. Like... When, when JLP asked him about, oh, you know, is this is about loyalty or something? He's like, oh, if you want loyalty, get a dog. And it's like, <laughs> if that's my ally, I would rather him say, yes, I am loyal, rather than say, if you want loyalty, get a dog. So he, he's a little bit out of the box, but that's Stevie. And and there's plenty of moments this season where his unbridled joy winning challenges a couple of times, it just it makes you happy. It makes, puts a smile on my face. So I love Stevie. Yeah, how about you, Eli? What are your feelings on Stevie? I loved him in his first season, and I felt really sorry for him in his first season, and then I felt even worse when he was voted out this season, especially one vote before the merge. Like, it would have been great if he was maybe even just the merge boot. Uh, at least he would have got to experience merge. Um, so I was quite upset. It's sad. Like, I love Stevie. I think he's great. Um and he actually improved on his game last season. I think he really worked out what he did wrong and he kind of came came up with some sort of solutions as to how to improve and he did pretty well for himself. I'm actually surprised how well he did do and listening to you guys um on your first podcast, you, you both had him as first boot and he went to a lot of tribal councils. He went to a lot. Yep. So props to him. Um, as sad as it is, I think... It did make the story arc of this week more interesting. I mean, it could have been a pretty dull week if Flick went, and then we probably would have still seen David and then maybe potentially Sam go. So I think it it definitely helped the storyline and him going home. I don't know if it was the smartest move for George, but in saying that, I think George is completely under the girl's control. And the edit maybe doesn't want us to think that, but the way I see it, Shawnee and Liz are just dominating that alliance and controlling it completely. Yeah, nah, com- I completely understand what you're trying to say. I don't completely agree, but I find George is sort of the figurehead almost. These girls are pulling his strings, and yes, they did strong arm him in this vote, but if he wanted to, he could have broken the peace and done what he had to do. Um, he could have brought that down and just one quick lie saying, yep, done, I'm going with you, and then brought them down. If he wanted to, he's got the strength. He has more allies. He had the four going into that boat. They had three. I do want to talk about the king and the queen being on the same bloody tribe. Like, we're finally going to see... From the promos, if this rivalry actually happens and actually becomes true, because before the swap, George talks about how he's trying to build a cross-tribal alliance with his nemesis, Haley. And when Liz brings up that Haley was going to be blindsided, 
you could just see George's ears prick up, his little bunny ears. Just, oh, 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 that's interesting. That's interesting. And with this information and the confessional, we're getting, we're guessing that no one knows about the relationship that George and Haley have on the outside of the game, right? That, like, since when are they nemesises? I don't get it. Look, I'm not a player on Australians. I've never played. I've never met a lot of these people, right? But as a fan, I know that they did a TV show together. I know they went to the final two together. They spent a lot of time together. They did a lot of moves together. Like, it would, I've seen them on Instagram together. And the only, and bearing in mind, these the players in this season did not see the previews stating they were, you know, like head-to-head. So where does George think this idea of her, him and Haley being enemies come from? Like, who's believing that? To be honest, is this, like, these were promos before the game. My opinion is maybe that is what happens down the track. Maybe it really is George versus Haley. We just haven't seen that yet. That's my only reasoning because it makes no sense. Start of the game, it's all George versus Haley, and now from the get-go... They've worked together. So are we building up to George versus Haley? Like, what, what's the end result here? Like, they were never enemies. I, I, I agree with you. What, what's happening here? There was, there was, a, there was a, a not seen on TV scene on Template, and it was a full scene of George and Haley talking about how much they want to work together and how much, even though they were, en- were enemies, how they want to get together. Haley talks about how life was boring for the last four weeks, but it's been more fun in the last 24 hours with George. And it's just the two of them having little chats here and there about things to do. And it's really awesome. And there's a reason it didn't go on the show because they've just promoted these two as mortal enemies at the start of the show. I get it as like a preseason promotion. Cause you want to, you want to hype it up. And those two were like, obviously big figures in their season and, and they went to the end together. But like, like no one's buying that. And I mean, Haley says she had more fun with George. I totally agree, because at least he's doing something. The heroes were so, like, loyalty, mateship, that sort of stuff. Sean was probably the only one that was doing something, and that's why, I guess, you see Haley and Sean aligning more than anyone else. But, um, yeah, I, George and Haley are not against each other at all. I can see a point, maybe, yeah, if this seven goes to seven, maybe Shawnee and Haley taking the reins and getting George out, because they're going to need to. But for now, they're firmly working together, and I think they work as... Pretty good allies because they're both like very, um, they're both very, obviously very smart, but also very logical, which is what you need as an ally, someone to bounce ideas off that'll give you some feedback. Yeah, definitely. I like they work really well together, and yeah, you sort of you you see the promos for next week, and Haley's talking about working with the Minority Alliance to do something, and the possible blind side of George, and you see like the Haley and Simon possibilities coming up. Um, I've got George's plan to keep Haley safe still in the pre-merge, but not by not letting the villains go back to tribal and ditching Flick in the process. So this is George's plan for the start of the week. And it started like a cheeky chat with Haley after the reward challenge, letting her know that she was in trouble. Um, but the plan actually like really takes shape at the immunity challenge, which is a strength-based challenge, so it's perfect because he doesn't even have to look like he's throwing it. Um, George, he, like he doesn't even need to throw it because he knows he just can't win. Do we think um, George put Stevie on the puzzle as a sort of a way to throw the challenge? 
It's an interesting thought, actually. I haven't really thought about that. I thought Stevie can be <laughs> vocal in challenges, but for someone who loves puzzles, he's not very good at them, is he? You can say the same thing about George this season. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. But also in that in that challenge, like they're holding up the bags over their head. Is Stevie going to be able to do that as well? Like you've got to sort of strategically put a weaker person who's decent at puzzles there. I don't think he was trying to throw it or anything. Um, they're never going to win it, let's be honest. You're versing like the biggest tribe ever. Um, yeah. It just happened that way and I'm sure they tried to win it. Yeah. I think I think it works. I think it worked well because he sort of threw the challenge without having to throw the challenge. Because <laughs> he wants it. Like we we hear him talking about how he wants to keep Haley safe. He knows she's got three people against. Uh, he knows that there's three people against her on the other tribe, and Simon will go wherever the wind blows at this moment. So, I do feel like it was in his best interest to throw the challenge, so and he almost didn't have to show it. They threw the challenge by being shit. By being shit, yeah. yeah. By being the shit tribe from the start. <laughs> um, well, actually, just just what do we think about this puzzle incorporated into this strength based challenge? Because we've never seen this before in this challenge. It's uh, it's nice. It's unusual. It's different. Love the quote. Yeah, I actually really like this uh, twist on it. And um, for someone that like me who's not really a challenge man, I don't really enjoy watching it that much. This season's been surprisingly good. Um, there's a lot of new twist to a challenge like this we've seen or even just new challenges all together and it's actually been quite enjoyable just to see something different so i think like it was it's great i i'm loving these challenges like you say mac um there was the other puzzle one that we had recently and i thought it was very interesting because you normally see something like that at an individual immunity challenge um but uh they use it as a tribal immunity challenge and yeah, something like this, it just kind of adds like an extra layer. It makes it a little bit different, um, especially considering there's only so many things you can do. Um, and I think Australian Survivor, everyone says it, it, it smashes US Survivor on challenges. So yeah, I think it's good to that they're adapting and changing things. I think I think it's good old Australian survivor producers just like now nah, fuck it to the rest of the world and it's just like we do what we want <laughs> and just change everything <laughs> uh, putting out little cookies as clues <laughs> that could be idols or nullifiers or something it's just it's just fuck it we'll just change everything we, we play our own game down here <laughs> so we got flick just put on just full-on putting the moves on the girls just kissing the girls bums being their best mate, opening coconuts for them. And we've got George seeing right through her and wanting it gone. Like, I know you said that you don't think Flick's a good game player, Eli, but holy fuck, she got social skills. Like, it's so hard to see social skills brought to you on a TV show. And they really did a really good job in that first episode showing how that all plays out and how she smoozes, how she gets in with the girls. Like, yeah. how do we feel the show presented Flick Social Game this season? I, I get that. I, I really do. But I think there's a difference between being 
a good social player and just being a likable person. I think Flick is an extremely likable person. It doesn't necessarily mean her social game is good. I mean, obviously she's doing something right if, you know, she's convinced the girls to save her. But I also think, would those social game skills work on anyone else on that tribe? Because they clearly didn't really work on George, didn't work on Jerry, even Matt was against her. So, I mean, sure, good social skills? Maybe not. I think maybe she's just a likable person. I don't know if you have any thoughts on that, Mac, but that's just what my take. I, I think it was evident that she maybe wasn't playing as good as maybe they want us to think. Yeah, look, I, I, I probably disagree with you a bit. Like, I, she obviously, like, at the end of the day, her social game saved her at this point of the game. Like, you call it social skills, social game. To me, it's the same thing. If you can weaponize that into progressing further down the game, which she did, she got through an extra vote just because she was likable enough to sway two people, and sometimes that's all you need because those people have power and you can, you can you know, weaponize and, and do something. Um, whether or not being just being a female helps, like we hear Liz say she doesn't want it to be a sausage fest, and it's like, is it just because she's a girl and she bonded with the girls? Potentially. But even so, knowing that and using that to your advantage is still a good social game. Like, I, I, I don't think she played that badly. Um, maybe, maybe when she jumped back, she did, but in this first episode of the week, she did everything she could to stay, and 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 at the end of the day, she was still there. So I can't really fault her for that. Can I just say how iconic that sausage fest quote was from Liz? I am loving her. I'm loving just some of the shit that comes out of her mouth. It is just gold. Liz is great. She spent a lot of time with Shawnee, and it's rubbing off. You can see her her confessionals are getting a bit a bit sharper, a bit wittier, and she's got you know got the books and everything like the the death stairs and stuff. Um, she's a great character at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. Like Liz is, Liz is absolutely killing it. And the strength that she has, holy crap. Mate, the girl's an Olympic. To be she fair. The Olympics. She, she, <laughs> yeah. won, has she won a medal at the Olympics? Do we know? Or she just, she just went there? I think she got silver. Don't quote me on that, but. I think that was, that's, that's pretty good. Pretty elite. Yeah. Second best in the world, mate. Yeah, it's not bad. <laughs> But in saying that, um, in saying that, Stevie beat her in a challenge, so maybe, maybe she. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think um, off that point, I'm really loving Liz. I'm loving Maddie, and even Jerry. Like as newbies, I'd love to see all three of them play again. Um, maybe Jerry to lesser extent, but I just loved his quote um, the other night, and it was, ah, oh, what did he say? Anyway, I loved his quote the other the other night, basically implying that. You know the heroes are fucked, and they're they're the top dogs now. And I'm I'm kind of loving just seeing newbies actually know how to play the game, but not just play the game, but also just be good TV content. So I mean, that's half of it, really. It's a TV product at the end of the day. If you can make me laugh and be entertained, then you're doing a good job. Yeah, you're killing it. And yeah, Jerry, the killer strategist, like. He's the voice behind George. George even confirms with Jerry before voting Stevie out, even though he had the numbers to do so without um, Jerry. Like, do we think Jerry does have these strategy brain cells in him? Like, 62 years on the planet would definitely help, wouldn't it? Or is he just like this soundboard for George to bounce off? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with uh, soundboard. To me, he reminds me of George's Kara in... Um 
was it brains and brawns? Like he needs he needs a loyal soldier sitting next to him who he can sort of just literally just tell him the plan and maybe bounce the ideas off, but don't really get a whole lot of pushback against. Um, as, as much as I like Jerry, I don't see him as his mastermind at all. Yeah. No, and I I agree with that. I, I think um, that he isn't a strategic mastermind. Uh, when I when I say that. I'm enjoying watching him. It's not really his strategy. It's more just the stuff he says, and he's just a good sort of person to watch. In terms of strategy, I think he's definitely a soundboard. You're you're right. And, um, yeah, he's, he's definitely probably a bit like Kara. No, I, I completely disagree. We never saw Kara go to someone like Wei and be like, right after a conversation, locking him in with the final three, saying, hey, Matt, I'll be your final two. <laughs> like... He's, he's obviously got some sort of sense for the game here, right? But this guy apparently had never seen Survivor before playing. Apparently. So, I don't know. Yeah, like, just because, like, any, anyone, that's a pretty basic strategy to say, hey, let's be final two. I, I wouldn't give him too much credit for that. Um, but yeah, while but we're there, can we, talk, can we talk about that scene? Over someone, I don't want to do that. <laughs> I, I disagree. I, I, I don't think there's a whole lot there going on. Like, if there was, we'd probably see more of it, you know? Like, what have we seen from him? We've seen George ask him if he wants Stevie or Matt, and that's about it. Like, Jerry gave an opinion, and George probably made the decision in the end. Maybe he just wanted to, to give Jerry some agency pretending as if he's listening to him. I don't know. Like, I don't think there's a whole lot. Yeah. Uh, hit me with what he's- you said. Can we can we go to the um, the conversation between Matt and Jerry? Because I feel like it was pretty important in that Monday um, Sunday episode. Sunday was it or the Monday? Anyway, we, one of the episodes where they're talking, and they're talking about final two, and if they're in the final three, Matt wins a challenge. He's going to take Jerry. Like, my question is, why are they leaving this in the edit if it's not important? Oh, that's going to be a final two. Well, I think he's more implying that. These guys are Enyang. Is that kind of what you, you got out of that? Because that's what I got out of that, and and that's why I, I saw a big edit from like, is Jerry uh, the final three or final two zero vote finalist? Like, is that what's happening here? Like, is he the goat? Is Matt the winner? Like, is that is that what we're seeing? That's what I'm implying. Because like, why else would they leave that scene in? Like, we've not seen anyone talk about final threes or final twos or anything that far in the game yet. We've heard final seven. That's the that's the latest we've heard. And to hear two players in an individual conversation talk about that, and and then for them to show it to us, to me that I got like my my alarm bells are going off. Is Matt winning this game? I got the exact same feeling. I, I've got my list here of who I think has a good chance to win. And at the moment, Matt's on top of it saying, looking good. Because he is getting some really great content. Some of these lines that he's saying at Tribal has been awesome. He's, he's really starting to sort of shine a little bit since the, uh, the, pre, the post-swap. Yeah, look, I honestly think that there's only three plays that can really win this game. I mean, unless George can, I could include George as a fourth. But I'm I'm looking at Shawnee, I'm looking at Matt, and I'm looking at Liz. So, yeah, I mean, maybe they were trying to imply that Matt's the winner. Like, I, I, I felt that too. I was like, that is just a very strange thing. Like, and 
I'm sure there's been plenty of other people with final three, three, final two deals that they're not showing in the edit because it's not relevant. So I guess we'll find out. Maybe it is just Matt and Jerry talking a bit of shit. <laughs> well, they, they seem to probably do a lot. Did you hear some of the conversations between Jerry and Stevie? Fuck, there was some good shit. Oh, I'm deaf. What? You're deaf. What? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Bunch of old blokes. What can you expect? He just spends his entire time on the chair. It's awesome. <laughs> well, he's George's little confidant on the chair. George goes to him, remember? Remember, Jerry's the one with the plans. So this is what you're telling us anyway. Yeah, Jerry's the master strategist. Yeah, come to me, George. I'm not saying that he's the master strategist. I'm just saying there's a little <laughs> bit more to him than, say, there was to Kara and Brains versus Braun. He's, he's seeing the game a little bit more. I think it might have genuinely helped him getting switched from the heroes to the villains. It probably promoted his game a lot because it's made him sort of think about it. A lot of these chats that they're having as a group, Jerry's the one talking. Jerry's the one saying, this is why we should vote out Flick. This is why blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And like whether he's a sa- just a soundboard and he's relaying the information or not, there's more to Jerry than just a follower. Is Jerry the next Shane Gould? No. We did get in his open, in his intro package him talking about getting the money to put back into his business to keep his business going because COVID killed him. That's that's some pretty powerful stuff from an like an edgy point of view. True. Maddie's got his kid, but on the. <laughs> Yeah, but we we haven't even really heard about that other than at the no, true. auction. That's true. That's true. I'm so, sure we'll get a we'll get a story. And you could argue we saw we saw that with Jordy as well, and he was gone the next episode. <laughs> yeah, very true. Very true. That's good. <laughs> um, anyway, I really want to get back to Flick for a little bit. Like, I want to meet Flick and feel the magic that she has winning people over. Like, she is definitely the person that. In her first season, in this season, they talk about the social game. And she's manipulated someone like a seasoned veteran like Shawnee or Liz, who was so in love with her, she was going to play her idol for her. Like, she could win everyone. Like, she could win anyone over. Right. If she can do this in a small period of time, 10 days, she's gone from the bottom to them wanting to play an idol for her. That's, that's, there's, there's something to that, Eli. There's something to that. She's got to have a gift in some way, even if it's not strategy. There's something to it. I, I still think that the edit was more showing that Shawnee and Liz wanted to keep her around more than Flick actually, Putting you the know. Work in? Yeah, I mean, you saw her put the work in. You saw a little montage there with the coconuts, like we mentioned, but just based on screen time, it was more Liz and Shawnee saying, actually, I want to keep, uh, I want to keep Flick around. And I know we're going to get to the, the buff of the episode eventually. Um, and I'm assuming you're going to give it to Flick and I won't spoil who I'm giving it to, but it's definitely not Flick for that episode. No, that, that's, that's fine. But there's always talk and you've listened to podcasts in the past. There's, so hard to sew a social game on TV. I think they showed it brilliantly here, and I'm just really sad for you both that you didn't see it. 
I'm half with you. I'm half with Eli. Like, I do see it. I, I, I think she did well, but... Yeah, no, I'm with you. I'm, I'm more with you than against you, for sure. Like, she, she, it worked. She got him on side and she saved herself. With her social game alone, she saved herself. So you can't that's, alter that's, that. Yeah, nah, cheers, Mac. Thanks thanks for having me back, mate. That's what we're doing. <laughs> anyway, this, this is an arc of Flick getting saved by the girls, turning on them, then them getting revenge... Um, this whole week, that's literally been the whole thing. Is this one of the best and quickest arcs we've seen this season? Or you, uh, do you see an arc elsewhere uh, that you could tell was the, the Michael Downfall arc was uh, quicker <laughs> and uh, interesting. <laughs> the, a guy with literally zero, zero social awareness thinks he's the top dog. He's completely focused on getting George out. And then within... No time at all is voted out himself. <laughs> nah, that's fair. Sorry, I've had a lot of survival between now and Michael. I completely forgot about him. <laughs> I don't. I don't even want to remember him, to be honest. I, I see him like another version of Rogue. No. Oh, really? Oh, he's not that bad, mate. That's a bit harsh. <laughs> anyway, talking about dog, we got. I loved um, Shawnee's direct question to Flick. You're not going to dog us, right? And then. The, work, the girls work out as soon as Merge hits and go walk up to George and say, yeah, Flick's dogged us. <laughs> Flick's right up to Yeah. Lying she is. And then it's like, yeah, George was right. Well, just on that Merge episode, a little bit off topic, but on the same part, I was really impressed with Simon in uh, that Merge episode, just like, his free agency, he's opened himself up. He's made a lot of mistakes in this game, but I think he really, like, approached the merge quite logically. He could have gone against George and, like, he has been all game, but he just thought, what's, what's logically a better decision for me? And I think he made the right choice in, um, joining up with that seven. And I think he can honestly make, like, Pretty, pretty long in the game if he makes the move at the right time. It's just whether he actually has that in him. But I just think for the first couple of votes here, he's done a good job at climbing himself to the bottom. So, yeah, I just want to shout out Simon on, on that. I think it was really good. Yeah, mate, I, I agree. Like, if you told me a week ago if Simon was going to make Merge, or like uh, two weeks ago when the Cookie Idol thing came out, I would I would have laughed in your face. Like I was I genuinely saw Simon as a double pre merger. And him sliding through, yeah, he might have got a bit lucky here and there with the amount of challenges that the villains won. But he was he could have got dogged there at the when Liz went went over in the uh mutiny vote. Um that could have genuinely been Simon, not Haley. And he sort of got lucky that he might have gotten away with only one or two votes. But we've got Simon here at the merge. He didn't get a single vote. He hasn't had a single vote to his name yet this season. Is that right? Has he not had a vote against That's, him? That is not a single <laughs> That vote is vote. very interesting, isn't it? Wow. And Haley made it all the way to the merge without a single vote. Am I correct in saying it's only Simon, Sean, and Nina that haven't had a vote yet at this stage? Oh, I'd have to take your word for it, but yeah, that that sounds about right. Um, yeah, I, I mean, uh, to be fair, like the heroes went to what, like three tribals, 
you know, one of them, Jerry, got sent to the other tribe. One of them, Liz mutinied. So it's like, how many, how many, only two of them got voted off, didn't it? It's still very interesting that the the, the minority is kind of not had votes against them. Yeah, and like just Simon in general, like with the shit that he's had with George, he just never got a vote against him. And as soon as he did, he sort of got saved by a swap, like um, before he was about to. Uh, well, he got saved by the um, immunity challenge at Tribal, then he got saved by a swap, and then he got saved again probably by Merge. Like all these times, he seems to just be getting lucky. Um, he was unlucky last game getting voted out with two idols lucky this game yeah he can sort of uh, I guess float for a couple of votes here he looks in a, a fairly good spot sort of with Haley as a bit of a they, I mean they, they sort of showed him as a bit of a swing vote and um, I guess at the time uh, before they got Flick out I thought it might be a good idea to to be a bit of a pendulum with the two of them so jump between the two sides back and forth for a few votes at least um, we saw it in Kagayan Tony and Wu did it pretty much through the whole merge and yeah. just giving neither side the power because you can't really swing by yourself because the numbers aren't there. But when you have two people, you can literally, the majority swaps each time you swap. So I thought it would have been an interesting spot if Haley and Simon, you know, discussed this together and, and did it because they had, they had relationships on both sides. So they probably could have, but I think now the numbers, if they were to do it now, it'd be a five, five. So it's probably a bit risky. So the, probably the opportunity is gone. But uh, yeah, Simon finds yeah. himself in a pretty pretty good spot, and um, he should be safe for at least another week. Yeah, I'm. I find that Haley's definitely smart enough to see this as an opportunity to work with Simon because Simon literally has nothing. Even in a majority of seven, he has no one really in there that would go to bat for him. No. If the other, if the other try, if the other alliance was gonna. Be like, oh, I'm going to play an idol. We're going to vote out Simon. Like, a lot of the people wouldn't even bring it up. They just let it sort of happen. Simon would go and they'd flush an idol. So, Haley's very smart. And we saw quite a bit of Simon and Haley content in those last two episodes. Um, Simon saying he was feeling a bit nervous, but then he went and had a chat with Haley and he feels better about it now. Um, I wanted to bring up something. So, I watched the extended voting confessionals. And at the David vote out, this is uh, Simon's confessional word for word. George, you may have opened the door for me, but I still chose which I still choose which path I follow. David, I'm sorry, mate. I want to work with a couple of your friends, and you're really close to them. That was his exact word. So it shows that he's thinking, even though he's that down in the dumps. That, that's in, that's really interesting. Um. Bringing back to, uh, so you watched that whole, ex- the extended votes for this week, correct? Yeah, mate, I run a podcast, so I have to. That, that's good. Can you please explain to me what Sam's logic in voting Haley was? Yeah, um, of course, 10 that was very strange. <laughs> Pardon? 10 players not brought those out. <laughs> uh, they only well, go for the day you vote. I look forward to hearing Sam's logic and chucking a vote on Haley, which was just very strange. It was a bit different. We might as well bring sort of that up. Like, what are our thoughts about where the heroes put the votes? They put three on Matt, one on Haley. This is trying to make... Because we, we do know, as super fans, we do know those votes are red. All the votes are red until the person's voted out. So Haley would have seen her name. She also would have seen that he spelt it incorrectly. 
which is a little bit funny. Um, but like, what's, do you think putting the votes on Matt and Haley was their best option to possibly make something happen in the future? Was there anyone else that might have been a bit more scared seeing the votes come up? Uh, I think it's more just what's their best bet in cracking into cracking this alliance. I mean, I just, they probably realise that Shawnee, Liz and George at this stage are still going to stay tight, at least for a couple more votes. And I think maybe there's probably more opportunity to get out your mats or possibly Haley. Maybe Simon. Like, I, I feel like Jerry, Shawnee, Liz, and George are probably the hardest ones to really crack at this stage. Like, I mean, George is a massive threat, don't get me wrong, and I think he can easily get blindsided this week. I just think it's probably their best bet to target someone like a Haley at this rate, if you get what I mean, especially considering she's a former winner. And maybe, maybe that's kind of their logic here. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure. Like last week we said, oh, Sam's come to the party. He's really playing well. I have no idea the logic behind this. It's, the, <laughs> only, the only thing I can think of is they're, they're trying to safeguard for what, two idle players, but I, I, I don't, I don't get it. Like, the, like the four, the four ex heroes, they kept going to the villains, kept asking the plan. No one was giving them anything. So they knew it was going to be like their four votes versus seven. I, I, I don't get it. Like they had nothing else. There's no strategic value to it. I've, I've, I've wrapped it over and over in my head. With the numbers at seven four, if, if anything, it's worse because they're giving the vigilantes the option to split. Yeah. Uh, his strategy can be summed up in one word, uh, mateship. <laughs> uh, we saw a little bit last week, mate. We, I think he even got a bump of the week. So. I'm actually not. I, I, look, Sam has improved for me, although apparently he still hasn't seen a season of Survivor, so that disappoints me. But neither did Flick, man. She was my winner pick. <laughs> <laughs> Um, all right. Well, oh, I'm, I'm going to move on here. Let's 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 get a bit more conversation about this one at a time rewards. So we've we've seen this a couple of times now. We saw in season three the nacho platter reward, which had the idol clue at the base. We saw the popcorn reward, which had an idol, and then we had in all stars the one with the cakes. What do you think about? the one with the sandwiches and just all-you-can-eat sandwiches because bread is bloody filling. Was this like Subway was the sponsor but then bailed out when KFC came in over the top? <laughs> yeah, it's, um, it was a strange one because, I mean, you're watching it and you're like, okay, they know there's going to be an idol. We as the audience know there's going to be an idol. It's just like, who's going to find it, right? And they go in one at a time and, yeah, they're looking for it. And it's so strange to have no idol find. And the only thing I can think of is, are we going to see a flashback when someone pulls it out and, and, and they go they go back to this moment where they find it in the, in the sandwich shack? Like, are they going to do like a, the American style one they do nowadays, or is it is it just it's just a is the reward come and gone and that's it? No idol. Surely you wouldn't. I mean, Australian Survivor has limited time. Would you really use that time for just a filler reward? Like, I, I don't get the the point. I mean, surely there's a flashback. Hey, but... Has time? 
It's got unlimited time, mate. Well, it's got a lot more time than US, but I mean, you're still packing hours and hours into, you know, 90-minute episodes. Yeah. No, I get you. Look, um, they, they do like to show the rewards. They wanted to, like, I do like this because you can see, um, like, when they're talking at the front, they de- they're deciding who they don't want to go first because they believe there's going to be a reward. Um, uh, there's going to be a um, advantage or something there. So you, we see Nina discussing why she doesn't want Haley to go and how she wants to be first and stuff like that. We also get to see the cool bit at the end with Sam, how he gets to throw the shit around, and well, that's 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 always fun. We saw Nick do it in the in All Stars, and that was that was quite fun. But we didn't see uh, advantage at um, merge either. When other than the one that Flick has, didn't find today, oh yesterday, when was the last time we saw an advantage come up? Yeah, I thought, um, especially because Liz played her idol as well, we did, when they were looking for it in the next episode, when Flick went home, I was surprised that no one, oh, I mean, Flick walked past it, we saw that, but um, yeah, I would have thought, yeah, Sandwich Shack was a good opportunity, even the Merge Feast, maybe there should be something there, but I guess, look, there, there's a big argument always, is there too many advantages in the game? And I feel like this season, there's probably got it pretty spot on, there's always like sort of one idol out there, and I mean... Simon had his cookie idol that, but it's pretty much one idol at a time per tribe, which I think is probably the right amount. You don't want to have too many overpowered stuff. Yeah, so at the moment we've got Sean with one, and we've got one hidden that's going to be found sometime. Yeah, which is good. I think that's, like, that's, that's plenty. You don't, you don't need much more than that. I think, I think production's starting to get things. Like, they're really starting to change things up a little bit. Um, I definitely... If I ever get the chance, I want to be the last person. I know that you get the advantage if you're the first person, but I want to destroy the shit out of a shack. You want the TV just, moment. That's just so much fun, mate. Yeah. So much fun. Just pure destruction. That show's villainous. <laughs> uh, you want to be, anyway. become a meme. I, I want to be... Oh, I, I'm already a meme. Have you seen me? I've got a big, thick moustache and long hair. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, the, I'm Dennis Louie to the max. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, let's 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 talk about George moving Matt to the dark side. Like I was so skeptical about this, like trying to pull Matt over. And like last week, we see Matt like umming and ahhing. Will I go? Won't I go? Um um um. But fuck, it made some really good TV this week. Like this is why we love. Survivor so much, seeing the good, young, fit, family man, the lifesaver, flipping on all the other heroes. That's that, that's what I want to see. That's why I watch this show. Yeah, I was a bit surprised uh, just to see Matt flip without really having to think about it. Like, we see in the tribal where Stevie goes that, you know, it's between Flick and, Flick and Matt and then, you know, George George has the right read, right? He's, he reads that Flick's going to flip and she does. She reads that Matt's the right person to go with, and he, he is, and he sacrifices Stevie. And somehow Matt is just this, he's now like, he's turned into this villain. He's, he's, he's having, he's digging into the heroes at the Tribal Council, saying, you know, you're, you're out at sea with, out of lifeguard now. I thought that was a great zinger. Um, he's, he's turned into like, he's like a mini George almost, like in terms of his, the way he's talking to people now. He's, he's getting a bit... He's, he stole Nina's, he stole Nina's um, name for the tribe and he's made it the name for the Alliance. The yeah, yeah. <laughs> Classic. Classic. It's really peacocking around. And um, 
I don't think it's a great look for him, given that he was this, like you said, this young family man. And you, you sort of want to keep a good appearance in front of people who are going to vote for a winner. And he might be burning some of those bridges just by his language. But it is great TV. It's great to see. And uh, I guess George was right all along, really. Yeah, and I, I, know, I know that um, Matt obviously didn't think this way. But it was almost like his scepticism first about joining, like umming and ahhing, still voting with the initial heroes in this swap tribe. Sort of when he eventually does come to George and say, yes, yes, I'm in, I'm 100% in, I'm loyal. Even though he obviously didn't mean to play it this way, this actually comes out perfectly because George has complete trust in him. And as you said, to the point that George gives up Stevie, having complete faith that Matt won't give info to the ex-heroes. Like, that's that's pretty good from someone that probably hasn't watched a whole lot of Survivor. Well, I, I just want to issue a line there and say, um, Matt's actually a Survivor Super fan. <laughs> so... Because I asked Matt directly, and he's not a Survivor Super fan. He, he, was a, he was a little bit of a fan. I got that wrong. <laughs> anyway, well, let's, let's, let's get to this scenario. Like, we talk about, like, George giving up Stevie to keep Matt. And you can really tell and you can really see George's mind ticking over here. And you can see him thinking of every situation. Like, this wasn't his initial thought, just give up Stevie. He would have had this in the bag as a last resort. And as soon as the girls came over in with the idol play, um, he's brought this up. He's confirmed it with Jerry. Um... Okay, so he's confirmed it with Jerry, then he's come back to the girls, asked them if they're changed. And at the time, like in that first episode, I thought was the completely wrong move. But that's why George is the king. And I'm watching from the couch because you like we can both we can see the positives in this move now, but could you see them back then? Like you, Eli still don't know if it was the right move, but Matt, could you see any positives back then when we when you watched the episode initially? Honestly, no. I, I thought it was a, a terrible move. I didn't think... Uh, to me, it looked like George had lost control and he really needed... He, it's like he needed the control back. He, he needed to almost destroy his game just to be to have the power. Um, Stevie was an ally to George. He was this guy who's not the smartest guy. He would follow him in the war and just vote where he wanted him to. And to give him up for Matt, who at the time I didn't think he would be—I didn't think he was going to flip. To be honest, I thought he'd go straight back to the heroes with Flick. Um, it's proven not to be the case, but at the time, I thought it was a terrible move. Um, he, he needed just to let go, just get rid of Matt, keep the girls happy because they're his alliance. And even if he does that, right, he still has Stevie instead of Matt. He's in the same position. So was it a good move or not? I'm not still—I'm still not sold on it because. It's not progressed his game any further. He would have still had the numbers. So, yeah, it wasn't... It and wasn't he, still, he still had Haley. He still had Haley as the mole because he flipped Haley as soon as he got over there. Yeah, Matt was never a mole for him so, either. So, I, I, I don't think it was great. I, I still think that, that... I think that validates my point that the girls have more control than George in some, some, some sense. Because ultimately, George had to give up a bit of power and then he's made the wrong move, which I think I, I definitely agree with, with you, Mac. He's made basically the wrong move um, just so that he can get that power back, which 
Yeah, I mean, is he that power driven? Like, yeah. What, while you say the girls, sorry, while you say the girls have the power, I, I, I somewhat agree. But <clears throat> George had really no choice. When, when it's when you're aligned to three, and two of them are saying one thing, you really don't have the legs to stand on to go against them. You can't. Like you're saying, you know, they're controlling him. I disagree. Like he has to do that, otherwise their lines is ending. Really, um, if it was LA round, if it was two people who wanted to get Flick out and one against Matt, well, sorry, the other way around. So two, two of Matt, one against Flick, it would have been the same thing. Um, so he didn't really have a choice. Yeah, um, and like just going back to your theory about him having less control than the girls, two to one's always going to have a like more control. But he is the one making a majority of the strategic decisions. They're definitely helping. But, like, we look back to, like, even the tribal council where he pretty much tells them what to do when um, when uh, Fraser gets voted out, tells them what to do, how to do it. They do it exactly as he says, and boom, he gets through. But I would argue, I, I agree completely, and I love George. Uh, I'm, I'm just trying to counter-argument with the fact that you could argue that the girls are just letting him do that because they're using him as a shield. Because he's doing what he did in Brains vs. Bronze. He's being this really open-headed guy. And he got to the end last time and lost by playing this, this similar game. So I, I just think that Shawnee's quite switched on. I think she knows what she's doing. And I think Liz has really picked up from that as well. So, look, that's just a counter-argument. I think George is playing phenomenally. I don't think... Like, I think he can he can win this game, but I don't think he will. I I think if George gets to the end, he wins, and it's because we have a returning, a returning player game. They are going to give him up. Are they going to give him their vote for the big moves, not because he's been nice. Yeah, agree. I, I get what you mean. Different jury, different jury. Different jury. Brains versus Braun, full newbie season. He was an arsehole. They cut him. Okay, in this season, even if he's an arsehole, and he he has been a big-ass arsehole, um, and we even saw it at one stage. Um, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, they, they're going to give him the votes at the end because he played the best game, and he is playing the most strategic game out there and doing well at it. I'm not, um, a, I'm not anyway. as convinced. I'm not as convinced. I think the way he's talking to people, he's really rubbing it in that he's on top. And you know what? That is, it's not good play, mate. It, I can really see this come back to bite him. Like he was very unlikable in in Braves vs. Brawns. Like people didn't like him. And honestly, I reckon it's the same thing here. Like he he talks to people. He talks down to everyone, and he puts himself on this pedestal, which is fine because it's great for the TV. But Everything he says to the heroes is so like demeaning towards them. I don't think they're going to vote for him, eh? If he gets to the end. Yeah, there's no heroes left, but well, sure, no, Sean, Nina, is... Sam. Um, I mean, Haley probably would, yeah. but even like Flick, yeah. Matt, Billy, Matt, Jerry are all on his side now. Yeah, until they until they get burnt by him. I I don't know. I reckon it's going to come back to bite him if he's. There. I don't think he's going to make it there, but like. I think yeah, he's doing it for the TV, which is great, but it's gonna—it's costing him the game. Anyway, well, can you guys tell me about this bloody move where George goes up to Sean and tells him about Sam going home and asking him to vote with him? Like, is this him just trying to keep George in the like Sean in the conversation and like keep the uh, future doorway open for a working relationship? So 
I'm going to chime in here and say I think it's horrible gameplay. Um, as I said, George has been playing great, but I am in a chat which just like is a live sort of messenger chat, and we discuss the episode as it airs. And when I saw that, I said that was very stupid by George, and I still think it's very stupid by George. And you can tell the way the girls reacted to that. They kind of knew that it was stupid as well, and they were like, George, why'd you do that? I, I think it was just a bad... It, it didn't look good for a sort of... For George there, because he really screwed it up for them, and Sam probably would have gone if it wasn't for that. I mean, it worked out fine. I just think that he made a bit of a blunder there, and he should have known better. Yep. I totally agree. I, I, he's, he, like I said, he was spiralling out of control. He made a lot of mistakes this week, and this was a huge one. And when he's like, he's counting the numbers, and he's not sure on Simon and Haley. and he's like, it's okay, I'm going to get another number. And it's not like he just thinks walking up to someone and saying, vote this way, they're going to do it, right? And you say, uh, Buckles, you say, oh, is he trying to keep Sean on side? Maybe, but then he does something different to what he told Sean. So that's not going to keep him on side at all. Um Bad move all round. Lucky Shawnee was there to save the day and change the plan um, because this could have completely backfired. Sean had the idol. I mean, he, he obviously didn't play it, but you never know. You can't just tell the opposition the plan. I, th- I think George has been playing amazing, but he had a very bad week this week. Agreed. I, I didn't agree before this podcast. You may have conned me into a little bit of it. Just a little, not all. <laughs> he played. I still think he played well. I still don't completely hate the Stevie move because, yes, he lost Stevie, but he still has everything he would have had with Stevie now, plus a challenge beast. Um, that's the only difference I'm seeing from a point for point um, alliance partner. Oh, there's um, more differences than that. There's more differences than that. Stevie, you, we saw up, what, up yeah. until up until this point. Next week, maybe up until this point, with how the, Matt has played, Matt has won immunity, which gives George options in the future. If Matt is to stick as loyal to George as Stevie was, up until this point, point for point, if anything, George is ahead. Okay. Next week might be a completely different story, but up till this point, George is ahead. Stevie was proven as a man who can't count to five. Can Matt count to five? Yeah. Well, then I think it might have been a, a, a poor choice hey. to take Matt. That was a savage comment, Matt. <laughs> well, Stevie couldn't count numbers. He was counting, you know, he's, when they, the four of them were voting or whatever, and, and he's trying to split the vote. I think, I think it was counting to five that he couldn't do. And and that is the sort of person I want to work with because I know that they can they can't do anything by themselves. They can't make a move. Matt probably is a little bit smarter than Matt and maybe can get numbers because he's a bit more affable. And um, If Stevie comes to you with a plan, right, you're probably, you're probably unsure if anyone is going to even respect it or go along with it, right? Whereas Matt is probably a bit different. He can probably gather some numbers against you. That's why I think it was a bad move. Look, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying it's a good move, but I, yeah. I'm not seeing, at the moment, I'm not seeing the downfalls. I feel like there could be downfalls in the future, but there also might not be. If it's George, Matt, Jerry to the end, and Matt stays loyal to George the entire way through, which Matt does seem like that sort of person, that he is still loyal. He just chose to be loyal to George after 
12 days in the Swap Tribe and George saving his ass, um, like, he might not be any different from Stevie in the future. If anything, he might be more of a help because he can help with those plans because he's a bit smarter. That's, I guess, a conversation you have to visit in a week or so. Yeah, this is a conversation we have to visit in a week or so because at this moment, point for point, George is ahead having Matt over Stevie. Anyway, well, while we're here, let's disc- let's discuss the merge alliance numbers. Like, are we surprised? Who are we surprised with being with who, and who aren't we surprised with? Who do we think could flip very soon, and who will be putting up a fight or the biggest fight, and who will stick around from the minority the longest? Well, I think the obvious one's Sean. I mean, he's got his idol. And I, I don't know, from what I've been seeing this whole season, I feel like Sean is a real contender to win. Um, it just just the edit he's getting. And, and you, like, so here's the thing. He's got his idol. If he wins a challenge, that's two votes he gets through. He can bluff the idol in the first one, so that's three votes. All of a sudden, he's into, like, final six or seven. And, you know, he, he maybe can run away with it. Um, apart from that, I mean... Probably Haley and Simon, the obvious, the obvious uh, people with a bit of free agency, um, and I guess they can sort of see where their path goes. But yeah, they're probably the three for me. Yeah, I think personally, Sam is screwed. I think he will probably go next episode. I just don't see that alliance breaking. I could be wrong. I just think it's going to take one more vote. After that, I think then. Yeah, you've got a big opportunity for Sean and then maybe even Nina. Um, and I do want to bring up Nina because I feel like we haven't spoken about her at all and we've touched on everyone else. Can someone please tell me what, what she's actually doing this season? Uh, I'm a little bit disappointed. I know that the edit only shows so much, but I I expected more. Look, we, we saw a lot of Nina talking to the bottom option, like the bottom feeders. Um, so she's keeping those relationships open. She's, she's playing very similarly, uh, similar to how she was in, uh, Blood vs. Water, like letting other people bring up the names, etc. She's just been very, very quiet about it because she's been in those tribes that haven't had a whole lot going on. And when she finally does get the chance to make a move, she, we, we can all agree she was probably going to get Haley out last week if that was an elimination. Oh, and she had a fantastic episode that that episode. She got Liz to say that. She got Liz to bring that up. She didn't yeah. say that at first. She's playing very similar to how she played the first time. She's just had to play quieter because nothing's going on. Rogue, Rogue was definitely going, and then we had Ben or Jerry definitely going. She was there was she didn't want to sw- need or want to swing those. Um, yeah. I, I hope we get a, a bigger edit this week. I mean, I, I can honestly see her maybe slipping through the gaps a little bit here, and that, that's kind of what I'm hoping for from her and Sean. Yeah, and, yeah, it's just really who, who they flip on. Who's who's most likely to go first from the majority? I mean, probably George. I'd, I'd, I'd maybe say Haley as well, simply because, one, she's playing the middle. Uh, also, we see with the preview for next week, and I would argue that, she might, you know, get herself in trouble for that. Um, so I think George and Haley might be in a bit of trouble. I still think Sam will be probably next to go. I think he's just the easier option. But yeah, look, I think George and Haley will be the two that are 
flipped on. But I don't know. We've got this alliance of seven. Now, us as superfans, we know an alliance of seven is not an alliance. It's just a whole lot of people with a common interest for a short period of time. Yeah, we talk about we probably get through this next vote with the seven. I think, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if it breaks next vote. Because when you look at the figures in your head, five to five is better than two people. Because we've got three blocks of two and George. So we've got George, then we've got Jerry and Matt, then we've got Shawnee and Liz, then we've got Simon and Haley. That's that's sort of how I'm seeing it. George is the focal point at the moment. But you need George to sort of flip it. So it's going to be who picks up the minority group. First vote next week's only three people in the minority group. The second vote's two people. It's definitely smarter to flip it now with three when it's a 5-5 or a 6-4 than it is at two when any of these two go over, they're not going to win the vote. They're going to have to bring four people over, which means Liz, uh, Liz, Shawnee, George, Matt, Jerry flip on... Haley and Simon's group or something like that. Are you getting where I'm coming from? Yeah, there's a lot of numbers in there, so a little bit hard to follow, but I'll probably say a little bit differently to you. I think George and Jerry are, are a two and Shawnee and Liz are a two, and those two twos make four, and those four are the majority of the seven. Um, so ideally they wanted to go to seven, and any, any sort of combination of anyone else, if those four get a majority, I think they're going to run down to four and fight it out from there. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's exactly my thoughts as well. I think yeah. those four are in for a good chance. George has made that perfectly clear that, oh, we just ride it to seven. We ride it to seven. Let's get this to the seven. And it's Simon and Haley's job to get out of that. Matt's not going to know to get out of that. I was going to say, I, I don't think any of us really see uh, all three of that minority going next week. So the the real question is, who who's gonna go? As I said, I think you're gonna see Sam go next week unless he wins immunity and then maybe Nina will go, maybe Sean will go, but he's got that idol. But who gets flipped on first? Like that's that's what I wanna know. I, I'm excited for next week. I think we might get a bit of a dull Sunday episode, but I'm interested to see what pans out episode two and three next week. I can probably give you a prediction. Um, Simon will try and do something, and typical to Simon this season, it'll fail, and he might have to go home. And get better. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, you're probably right. <laughs> That's what they're saying. You are, you are probably right, but he's got Haley by his side, and Haley's smart enough to yeah. not do something completely stupid, or she joins the Simon train and does something completely stupid. She hasn't exactly had the best season this year. No. I'm finding it insufferable, to be honest. I'm frustrated watching her. I'm really not enjoying her this season. I must be honest. So, yeah, look, and to be honest, it looks like she, I just, there's something about her gameplay this season. It's just very much like focused on the fact that she's a winner and she just wants to make the merge. And now she's at the merge. She just wants to be in alliance with George and just be in the majority like, constantly. And that wasn't how Haley won her season. She wasn't the majority player. She, she played off the bottom with George. Like, it's fine. It's just, I don't know. I can't really pinpoint it. Um, 
but it looks like she's going to have a big week next week. Whether that means that she'll have a really good week or she'll be sent home that week, guess we'll find out. I do, I do want to say it was really good of George, like, keeping that whole seven silent. Like, seven people, as he said, from different walks of life, he was able to keep them very, very silent that entire third episode of this week. And, like, that's a, that's that's not an easy feat. No, I th- he used the terms uh, mutually beneficial, and I think that's the, the best term to use when, when, he, when Dave was talking about relationships. He said, no, it's about everyone working towards a, a goal that is beneficial for everyone and having seven people who have just come together of course they're going to stick together for one more vote you don't want to you want you don't want to jump into a seven that you're happy with and then instantly jump out of it i guess you want you want to make a few inroads into the game and get that a little bit deeper into the post post merge so um he did a good job yeah no but also these players they've all played twice or well, half of them have played twice so, you know, Haley was very smart about it. Like, I've just jumped to this new alliance. I can't just give you any information to ruin my game. And, you know, people understand that. Simon said something similar. I thought Simon handled it well um, when Flick and Sam came to him. He said, I'm a logical player. So if you can sell me, a, you know, like a logical plan, I'm always open for business, which is what you want. You, want, you don't want to burn the bridges, you know. You want to keep, keep them thinking that you're ready to flip that way, they don't target you for one and two. If something does come up, they'll involve you. Um, as as sort of like a last note before we start finishing this all up, Sean's idol. Now, first of all, good on him for keeping it private this entire time. Like that's that's a feat in itself these days in Survivor because there's so many public idols around. But was this the time to use it with the vote being four to seven when they just physically could not split? Or, like, is next time going to be any better when it's three to seven and they have the option to split and he just sort of saves himself to become one of the two? Yeah, I thought um, Sean had a number of options at his disposal. Uh, I guess doing nothing was an option, but it was... Very risky. Probably the worst option he could have taken was what he did because all they have to do is vote for him and he's gone. So the other option is obviously play the order for himself. He would have, it would have been a waste, but you would have been saved. You could have played the order for Flick without knowing. Okay, fair. So other options he could have done is wear the idol to tribal council. You put it on, you make it known that you're going to play it. Therefore, you have implicit immunity. They're not going to vote for you if you're wearing that. They'd be too scared, especially when they can't split. So you're safe for that one and the next one because can you bluff it twice? Maybe you can. I mean, you probably could really. So I think having it known is probably his best bet. Like show people that you have it because they'll be scared, right? Yeah. Um, another option, this is another one I thought of. Tell Simon that you have the idol, right? And say, you tell me who they're voting for and we can get George out. Because Simon's whole season has been about getting George out. You play to his ego, you say, you yeah. can get George out by telling me who to play the idol for. And he might get information out of Simon. Um, but yeah, I, I think cool. the fact that he did nothing was the worst move he could have done. Even though it paid off, it was still the worst out of like four options he had. All right, so I really want to dive into this quite a bit because like, you think it's a bad move, him doing absolutely nothing. We can bring up Terry Dietz from Survivor Panama. 
Okay. Now he did have a super idol, not a normal idol. So, but he was a challenge beast, and he had the option at the final se- uh, seven to play he play an idol for his friend because he had immunity. Okay, and he didn't. She goes home. He then pretty much rides that um, idol all the way to three. Well, winning immunities in between. Sean is someone that is probably going to go on a run at one stage. If he can bring get this idol to, say, seven people, let sort of his friends go, get to seven, where it's... They, they are endurance challenges, but they're also a lot of strength-based challenges. We saw Flick beat Haley due to her strength and stuff like that, and these puzzles with um, real skill. These are things that are probably going to be in his wheelhouse, being an athlete. Like, this could really be a thing for him. Yeah, I, I, I just, I definitely see your point there, and... um. I actually remember Sean said at the very start of the game that he was going to play a selfish game. And that's what I thought when uh, JLP was reading the votes. I said, Sean better not play his idol. And I think maybe they're trying to tell us something because I had that confessional at the very start of the game where it was all about he wants to be selfish, he wants to play like a, a villain in some sense. I'm sure you guys remember that confessional. And that's what I was thinking of when he didn't play the idol. I was like, you know what? This is what we need from Sean. And I think he actually made the right move. So I actually kind of agree with you there, Buckles. Yeah, cheers. Yeah, I'm going to push back because I did not agree with you. Um, Terry Deeds had a super idol. This is not the same thing. Like, Terry could just sit there at every tribal council. And if you got the votes, a super idol would play after the votes and you're safe. So there's no strategic thought to go in a super idol. The fact, okay, Sean's now in a seven to three minority, right? So he has to play it. They're going to split a vote on Sean. He's got no choice. Next, next, next trouble. Oh, this is a split vote, and he, he's lost it. So he's still yeah, in no. the minority alliance, and he has to play it next tribal. Yeah, yeah, he can't carry this. He has to play it next tribal. There's no, there's no choice for him. But he so, could. I think he could have used it with Simon. I think, so, like, like I said, play to Simon's ego. I do. I, I do. I love that idea. I, I really do. I've, I completely agree. I think that was definitely a great play. And um, that's why we need to get you on Survivor Mac, because you think like that. You think outside the box sometimes. Okay, guys. Let's start discussing these voteouts. Now, we did sort of eulogize Stevie already. So, as a player, we don't really rank him a whole lot. He wasn't the best strategically. As a character, absolutely awesome and memorable moment. Beating Liz. Destiny. Destiny. There's, kissing there's shots. Kissing Simon. There's the, the Simon, the cuddle when they won that hanging on the log challenge where him and Simon catches him. It's like their first win in like a week and he's just so happy. I will remember that for a long time. Um, will he return? <laughs> Unfortunately, probably not. I feel like we've got the all we could sort of get from Stevie. I think that's it. Yeah, probably. Maybe not. I don't think there's much more improvement or much more development as a character. Uh, if you played again, it would be almost identical, I would say. Okay, uh, how about David? Rank him as a player. David Zakarakis. Um, 
What do you say? Look, Zach Alphanakis, as we called him in the preview. Um, <laughs> yeah, look, it, it's hard. Like, we, we didn't see many conventionals, but we saw him in a lot of conversations, and he, if you were listening closely, he did pop up with some good ideas. So as a player, I actually think he wasn't bad. He made that um, little alliance with Nina, Dave, and, and Liz with their plan for Haley. If that comes off, he's in a really good spot. Uh, if without that mutiny twist, um, he's obviously in the the meat tray. He must be sociable. He's good at the challenges. Like he wasn't a bad player. We just didn't see enough of him, um, which is probably like a character fault. Like maybe he wasn't entertaining enough. And it's something I heard. I can't remember who was talking about it, but. Because he's like an ex AFL player, right? They tend to be really media trained and like give like boring answers or really cliched answers. And maybe he's given just too much of like, you know, just doing it for the team. And yeah, you know, it's it, the boys. Yeah, you know, it's all about it's all about downplaying. It's all about mateship. Well, it's just about downplaying um, any situation. So like, rather than playing it up like George does and make everything seem this grandest thing, he might just play it the other way, which is not great for TV. Um, so that's probably part of the reason he didn't get many confessionals. But yeah, as, as a player, I think he was a right character, not the best. I probably don't need to see him again. I don't think we will either. Look, I thought he wasn't too bad as a player. Um, but yeah, not a big character. Won't see him again. Probably will forget about him. Yeah, he, um, not enough confessionals, not enough stuff. I, I definitely think there was more to him than what we saw. Um, but yeah. As, as you said, I don't see... I can't really rank him as a player because I didn't see enough. I can't rank him as a character because I didn't see enough. Um, even memorable moments, I think the thing I'm thinking about is when George was saying, oh, lovely pink panties or whatever when he was <laughs> kicking the football. Um, can you think of anything else? I really can't. I really can't think of anything memorable. Um... And, and memorable when he went from smiling to... and. and... Oh, he, I would say his memorable moment was trying to get Liz to play the idol on it on herself, and it completely backfired on him. That was yeah, memorable. Yeah, yeah, he tried. Ugh. Anyway, um, okay, well, yeah, and no, I we but we all don't think he will return. Flick rank as a as a player. Um, Eli doesn't like it. I rank her as a social player. I don't rank her as a strategist at all. Um, as a physical player, she's not bad. What do you think, Mac? Well, let Eli have a rip on her first, and I'll finish off. She's horrible. Uh, look, <laughs> she was taken so far last time because her mum died, and they didn't want to vote her out. She it was a pity party, really, and she probably would have won, and it would have been a terrible season. Look, I didn't even like Brains vs. Bronze that much. Honestly, I just feel like there's just not a lot of layers to her. I think she's a likable person, and I'd love to be friends with her outside the game. Is she a good player? Absolutely not. She's terrible. <laughs> that sounds horrible. I just don't think she has the element of strategy like in her, and that's such a core aspect of the game. Um, look, you make some valid points about her social ability, and, yeah, she's good at challenges. I'll give her that. But I just feel like it's not really her being sociable, it's like a social threat, it's more just she's just a good person that people like. Um, in terms of character, I think she's actually interesting. I, I feel like I've hated on her a lot, but I actually don't mind her. Um, and I don't think we'll see her again, though. I think that's that's probably her final chapter. 
I'll, I'll end it on a, a bit more, a bit more of a positive than that. But yeah, like she's she's like a stereotypical survivor player, I guess. Like just like strong enough in a challenge, really social. But I think it's her strategic game is where she really gets let down. Um, I was reading a stat this afternoon. I can't remember the exact numbers, but her voting record is so bad. Uh, like it's 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 like thirty percent strike rate on, on on players to get to like vote them out. It's horrible. So she obviously like once she's not in the loop, she can't find any footing or. Um, I guess, come up with any plans herself. I mean, we saw her with the social game to save herself, but in terms of, like, making a plan and, and getting someone out in a blindside, it's not really her game. She's more of, I guess, if she played in, like, the early seasons of US or even, like, the early seasons of Australia, maybe just season one, she would go a long way. But I think at this time of, the, of Australian Survivor, it's gotten to the point where it's a bit more strategical and you need a bit more about you than just being likeable and loyal. So, yeah, like, she's not bad as a player, but there's, there is some flaws there. As a character, I actually like her less. I don't think she offers that much. Her, her confessionals are a little bit bland. And, um, yeah, I don't find her that interesting. But, uh, yeah, that's that's probably where I'm at. And will she play again? Honestly, she probably will. Like, they go to the well pretty often for returnees. And why wouldn't they put her on again? Like, she seems like she's got a bit of a fan base. Uh, yeah, we probably will see her again. Yeah, I look. I agree. As a as a character, I I do like a few of her tidbits. She's got she's got a very sort of like Western Australia sort of uh, like analogies and stuff like that. She's always bringing up those little Aussie tidbits, which I do like. But she doesn't always pull them off. They almost feel a bit forced. Um, I I do like. Will she return? I'd, I'd like to see a return. I'd like to see a return after having actually watched the show. Um, I feel like there might have been something to her. She was my winner pick for a reason. I felt like someone couldn't come third and then come back and not watch the show still from the sounds of things and from the looks of things, I don't think she did. Um, so I don't care. I just hope she watches the show if she does return. As a memorable moment, do we have anything other than maybe this whole up and down arc this week? No, nothing that springs to mind. Yeah. <laughs> okay, guys, now it's time for Buckles Buff of the episode. And I'm going to start off, even though we've just talked about Flick a lot, I'm going to start off with Flick gets my buff of the episode for episode 13. Yuck. <laughs> Do you want to run us through why, or you just, you, that's it, you're done? I've already told you why. I think her social game was on point. She saved herself. Fair enough. Okay. Genuinely saved herself. She was so loved in the short period that she spent with Liz that Liz was going to play her idol on her because she wanted to keep playing with her. So I just don't see anyone else that you could give it to. But that's in my opinion. What's yours? Yeah. um, I tend to agree with you for all the reasons you stated. My buff also went to Flick. Um, mainly like obviously the social game I thought uh, there was a few errors from other players as well so they elevated her game and yeah for the um, the Sunday night episode Flick get my buff as well How about you Eli? Yes I'm going to counter argument that and say that wasn't really her that was down to the girls uh, I was thinking about this earlier and I was thinking it's got to be Shotty or Liz I'm going to give it to Liz because she strong armed George basically saying, I will 
play my idol on Flick if you don't vote with us and go just for that. Nah, under, understandable, and we'll give it to you because your opinion is gospel, isn't it? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I am never wrong. <laughs> never wrong. Okay, well, uh, Mr. Never Wrong, um, how about for episode 14? All right, so I got an outside-the-box pick on this one. I had a big think about this, and I thought, you know what? I'm actually going to give it to Simon. Um, I just think that he was right on the bottom. I mean, maybe a lot of it isn't really what he's doing and what other people are doing, but I just think he made a really logical choice this, this episode. He decided to not um, go against George. He, he realised, you know, put put aside the personal differences, and I think he made the right move. Um, and, yeah, as a lone wolf, he's he's done well, and it showed. So, yeah, giving it to Simon. Good on you, mate. Even though the rest of his gameplay has been atrocious. <laughs> definitely, there's definitely been some holes in his gameplay, that's for sure. Um, how about you, Mac? Who are you giving it to? Yeah, I thought, um, to be fair, I think this is probably the hardest week we've had all season for buffs. I thought no one really jumped out of any of the episodes, and I thought there's a lot of mistakes from people in every episode. Um, so in this one, I tossed up between Matt and Haley, and I've, I've ended up with Haley. Um, so... Haley's decided to join the, the seven, um, as we've seen. So to be on the majority, she's made her own pathway forward. Um, so when she was given the plan from the heroes, they wanted to split five to two on Shawnee. She was on the five, right? So essentially, she doesn't need Simon to jump over with her as well. She can literally just jump off the five um, into George's alliance, and they'll have the numbers regardless of what Simon does. So Haley had a lot of power there, and I guess she made the right call from what we see. Um, I think it's the best route forward going with them. Uh, we see Nina, Dave, and Sam are after her, so you don't really want to stay in that alliance because you're probably going to be targeted next. So I think everything she did was the right call, and she had the power because she was in that majority split. So my buff went to Haley. Yeah. Uh, good on you. Um, I gave my buff to George. I think George brought this group of seven together to a point. Um, he knew he had his connection with Haley. He was able to um, convince Simon that um, the backstabbing was over. I oh, would convince Simon that this feud between the two of them was over for a bit. And so he was able to bring the seven together. I didn't like his move with Sean, but he was... I was about to say, come on, this is not a good George week. <laughs> I know, but, I know. Understandable. I'm giving, I just want to give it to George because he is the person that's brought the seven together. Without George there, I don't see this seven having come back together. I definitely see Simon being on the other side. Um, Haley might not have played with Shawnee and Liz. I don't know their relationship. They haven't played together yet this game. I, it would have been a very different week if George didn't do what he did. So that's why I'm giving mine to George. Um, Eli, what are you thinking for 15? Yeah, so I feel like this episode was hard again. Um, I feel like it was the Shawnee and Liz sort of revenge arc on on Flick, and they successfully got her out. I feel like no one really can claim that move. It was kind of a bit of a slower episode. Um, I feel like I should give it to Shawnee, but... 
I'm gonna give it to Liz again solely because I feel like she's playing a good game, but also because she won, she was a beast in that challenge. Um, and I feel like you, you guys really, uh, you know, I, I want to give credit to a, a challenge, uh, beast. And I think that Shawnee and Liz, they got out flick and that was their goal and they went through with their, uh, revenge arc. And I'm solely giving it to Liz over Shawnee because of that immunity win. So yeah, all three of my picks are trying to, trying to be a little bit outside the box. Not the more obvious game play, if that makes sense. Uh, I'm I'm sorry, Eli, but I had Liz for the exact same reason. Um, I I'm glad Liz, I'm glad you agree. I had, I had Liz and Shawnee, and I decided to go with Liz because she got individual immunity. So um, I was debating giving it to Simon because he was able to keep his mouth shut when he does have the biggest reason to flip, and he also having that conversation with Sam and Flick. Um, having that conversation with them saying how he's still open if they come to come to him with something logical. I thought that was really good. So I was very much debating giving it to Simon. But the revenge arc on Flick, even though it was personal, which we don't like, they still got them they got their man out or their woman their woman out and they and she won individual immunity in the process. So I'm giving mine to Liz. How about you, Mac? Yeah, hardest episode of the season for sure. Um, so I've actually had nothing written down. I'm like, well, I'll just make it up on the spot. Maybe I'll get some ideas. I was thinking Liz for the same reasons, but I cannot give a clean sweep of buffs just for an immunity win. So I'm going to go somewhere else. Um, while you say it was Shawnee Liz's move. Surely, Shawnee. Surely, Shawnee. <laughs> while you guys say, yes, it was Shawnee Liz's move, to a point it was, but we see Jerry also spruiking up that Flick is the big target. So I want to go somewhere else. I want to go to Simon for, for the reason that Buckles just said, that the, the conversation he had with um, Sam and Nina saying, I'm open to a logical move when it suits. So he's got his options open. He's in this majority. He's still this lone wolf sort of character. Um, but he's found his numbers for now, which he needed, and he's got himself in a fairly good spot for the moment. Um, so with no one else standing out, Simon will get my buff for episode 15. Um, all right, so for buffs of the episodes, we've got Sam on one. We have Shawnee, Nina, and Haley on two. Stevie also leaves on two. We had Ben and Geordie leave on three. Flick leaves on four. Joining her in second overall, we have Simon on four, Liz on four, and they meet up with with Sean, who was already on four, and George extends his lead up to eight. You guys got to even that out. (laughs) Why do we have to even it out? It's been George. I'm joking. Like they've all they've all done some pretty big things, and like Flick getting um, buffs on the week that she gets voted out. I think that's an awesome thing. So that was the arc. That was the arc. She had a good week, and it turned into a shit week. So that's I guess that's why she got a buff. That's it. That's it. All right, okay, <laughs> Eli. Um, you got anything you want to plug for us, mate? It's been awesome having you on. Uh, yeah, thanks, guys. Make sure to sub to Mac and Buckler's podcast. It's been a blast. Um, I had a great time. Uh, I guess just two things. Uh, Sydney Survivor coming out May 28th. 
Find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. So, yeah, YouTube and Facebook, Instagram are the main ones, but we're going to try and use Twitter a little bit as well. Um, so, yeah, make sure to follow us and subscribe and all that jazz. May 28th is coming out. Um, hit me up on Instagram if you want a sneaky ticket to the premiere. Uh, I'll probably say no. <laughs> and I guess the second thing is, um, from this point on, uh, you know, if you ever want me to jump on again, happy to do so, uh, whether that's this season or next season or whenever. But for the rest of this season, I would just like to say that I'm really hoping for a Shawnee George, Liz, or Sean win. So any of those four would be satisfying for me. Also really liking Matt, so I'd be happy with him to win. So, yeah, I'm, I'm rooting for those those five out of the remaining five. <laughs> five out of the ten. <laughs> no, no, fair. That's fair. And, Mac, Mac, what do you got going on, mate? What have I got going on? i got a lot going on. Um, just while we're with Eli, we might be doing an interview with Eli about the upcoming Sydney Survivor season, a bit of a Mac and Buckles exclusive. Um, oh. Stay tuned for that. Love it. Maybe closer to the release date, so somewhere close to May. Um, apart from that, we've got US Survivor starting. Uh, we're recording this on a Wednesday. Ah, true. Tomorrow night, uh, 7.30 on Go. Well, you would have, it's already been out by the time you listen to this. So, yeah, that was probably a, a good episode. We're going to recap that, um, which will be out over the weekend. So we're doing a full coverage of um, US Survivor, season 44. It's very different to Australian Survivor. Hopefully you can live up to the, our season. And um, apart from that, yeah, just another day in the life, living the dream. I didn't know you guys were doing US Survivor, so that's great. We are doing US um, Survivor. I'd, I'd love to jump on the merge episode of US Survivor as well. It was making you the merge. Person, What's it worth to you? Five dollar. Is it is it the merge episode in US Survivor or is it the fake merge episode in US Survivor? It's the hourglass. Hourglass. <laughs> Who knows? Anyway, anyway just so. was that it? Was that a hint, hint that we're going to be the uh, Sydney Survivor podcasting station? <laughs> um, well, there has been talks about uh, getting a podcast set up, and we just kind of need to find fans that are actually going to engage. So, you know, if you engage, the offer's open. <laughs> anyway. We do. Ha- you do have a competitor, but we'll talk about this. <laughs> I'd, I'd prefer you guys. Um, nah, um, cheers, boys. This has been an awesome night. Um, as I say every week, please like and subscribe to us. We're on Facebook at Survivor Buffs, Blindsides, and Banter. We're on Instagram at Survivor underscore three BS, and we're on Twitter at Survivor three BS. Um, we have a lot of fun doing this every week. Uh, please download those podcasts. Keep them coming. We're getting a very constant numbers, which is awesome. But we'd love to see those numbers grow. So if you like this, please pass it on to a friend, any super fans that like it, that may possibly even want to come on in the future. Please just hit us up, DM us, let us know what you think. If we've got something wrong, tell us. If we've got something right, tell us. Just let's keep the conversation going. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, Eli. Thanks, Mac. See you next time. Thanks, guys. Peace in the Middle East. Okay, see you next week. Is this Survivor? Bro, are you listening to Survivor? Guys, I think this is Survivor. Dude, you must really like Survivor.